I sometimes describe that to people. Like if you imagine if you've got a teddy bear under a sheet on a bed, you can see that there's an outline. You can probably tell it's a teddy bear. If you were to put a thick duvet or doona over the top of it, you're going to be able to see there's something under there, but you're not going to have any idea what it is. So you're not going to be able to see the outlines of the teddy yeah. bears. Hey, Refam. My name's Kate, and you're listening to Keeping It Real, the podcast that somehow managed to work a teddy bear reference into an episode about breast implants. When it comes to implants, we use some pretty obtuse language about projection, medial planes, profiles, CCs. In this episode, we're breaking it down to answer the one simple question, breast implants. Should they go over or under the muscle? Fair warning, this episode has parts which are pretty visual, but can definitely be an audio-only piece. I'd recommend checking out some of the short clips on YouTube, though, if you'd like to see what the surgeons are referring to when they're doing show and tell. So welcome. Today I want to talk about breast implants and specifically about over or under muscle. I'm sure when people are coming to see you, they've like that would be their knowledge. They've at least looked that up. Um, they might have some pretty strong ideas about whether they want over or under. And I know yeah. it can really depend on, you know, how much breast tissue they have, lifestyle and all these other kind of factors. So I thought this might just be a good landing place for people um, if they kind of want to know what those things are before they come in to see us. Perfect. Um, firstly, what's the difference it just in logistics between over, under and I swear there's a both option, isn't there? Uh, <laughs> mm, yeah. uh, sort okay, of. <laughs> so there's you've got uh, skin, breast tissue, muscle, ribs. Uh, uh, over the muscle or under the breast tissue is exactly as it sounds. Like mm-hmm. you make us, you make the incision, um, and then make a pocket underneath the breast tissue on top of the muscle. Um, that that that's probably. 10 or 20% of cases for me. Uh, the more common is uh, what's called dual plane, which mm-hmm. is the, what you're referring to as right. both. So <laughs> It's a technical term. Don't worry about it. Well, in reality, that everyone is sort of dual plane mm-hmm. because the muscle just doesn't go down as far as you fold. Right. And, and as soon as you lift it up, it retracts back a little bit. Uh, and so no one is truly 100% submuscular unless sometimes in a breast reconstruction you you would do it that way because there's no soft tissue overlying it. Um, but generally when people talk about under the muscle, they're talking about a dual plane, mm-hmm. which is the upper half is under the muscle. When you then talk about um, under the mu- dual plane, there are various techniques that we use uh, in terms of making the dual plane, which can, depending on what you're trying to address. So, it can be more medial, which mm-hmm. is aimed to get more cleavage. Uh, central would be um, if you've got a bit more ptosis and you want to expand out the lower pole more. Lateral, pretty rare, but you do that in certain conditions where you're, you're trying to keep the breast implants more separated. And what is the difference in appearance for those two? So um, generally if you're going under the muscle, the way I explain that is you're adding extra layers in terms of coverage over your implant. So particularly if someone's very thin or has minimal breast tissue, if you're going putting the implant over the muscle, you're essentially potentially going to be able to see the whole outline of the implant. Right. That's a bit dramatic. But if you're going under the muscle 
essentially what that muscle is doing is adding another layer. Um, so I sometimes describe that to people. Like if you imagine if you've got a teddy bear under a sheet on a bed, like you can you can see that there's an outline. You can probably tell it's a teddy bear. If you were to put a thick duvet or doona over the top of it, you're going to be able to see there's something under there, but you're not going to have any idea what it is. So you're not going to be able to see the outlines of the teddy yeah. bear. So same as that, it's adding that extra thickness of coverage over you implant right analogy. Um, um and so especially for those thin women that it come in and less so these days um but a while ago a very famous soccer player's wife who used to sing in a band called spice girls no one will ever work it out <laughs> very very obvious top because she's yeah. super thin right yeah. and it was almost like she had it was almost like she just just have a little thin layer of cloth yeah, okay. over the top of her implant. You could literally see the whole outline at the top mm-hmm. of her breast. So I think when she, I don't know anything for a fact, but yeah. I think when she had a revision and those, and then had implants placed underneath her muscle, they look much more natural. There's right. even if you use a round implant, it's going to soften the top of that, so it's not going to have that real round edge to it. It's going to have some fullness, but a nice natural more natural takeoff at the top of the um, breast there. Do you want to show us what – so now we're talking about natural versus round implants. Is that – Anatomic. Anatomical, yeah. All right. So (laughs) this is an anatomic implant and you can see most of the gel Mm -hmm. is in this lower part here. All right. So what we call the A point, which is where the most projecting part is, is at the junction sort of between the – lower third and the middle third, all right? So that's an anatomic. Can you also just spin it up <coughs> the other way? Because I like to so show people that. So it sort of oh, tapers okay, at the top. Sorry, other way. Yeah, because it's like the, it, to show that the gel is not runny or liquid oh, yeah. so that you it keeps its shape, whatever position. And then this is a round. The other advantage of a teardrop, if we show it's it a here, bit hard to tell. Is, is that the width... So if it, just to even go back a step, a couple of things that are important to, to that we talk about. So that we talk about the width of an implant, the height of an implant, and with an anatomic, we can adjust those independently. Because um, <clears throat> a lot of women's chests aren't perfectly round, so if someone's tall, you can have a higher, oh, and, but yeah, with a right. less broad chest, you can actually have an implant that oh, cool. fits much better on their body. Um, and then this is what we talk about when we talk about the projection. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we go to a round, okay, and it is round. a circle. <laughs> so the diameter is the same. Yeah. And, and this projection point that I was talking about is is in the middle, okay? Um, but it doesn't matter which way around you have it, it it's, it's still round. What In what circumstances would people choose a round? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, um, uh, some people just for whatever reason they've had a friend and they've had round and they want round. Uh, other times where I would recommend it is, Kim was talking about dimensions of your chest. So if the width of your chest uh, is the same sort of as the height, then a round implant is going right. <clears throat> uh, to, an anatomic implant is not going to have any massive advantages over a round. Particularly, I think, at lower uh, volumes. Yeah, I was going to say definitely for smaller implants. Because yeah. if you imagine this under mm. a muscle where the muscle is going to put a little bit of pressure on the top. Oh, okay. It's yeah. actually almost looks like an 
teardrop, yeah. a teardrop implant as well. Yeah. So, um, but if if you imagine this a much bigger one, yeah, right, it's, it's going to look rounder. Mm. Than so this implants four hundred and forty. Uh, cc's or grams and this one's 355 so not a massive difference mm. but you can see you get much more projection yeah right or much more projection for that volume um and so for women wanting to be as big as possible but still stay as natural as possible um, i'm going to tend to recommend <clears throat> a, a teardrop or anatomic implant um, the other times i do a round um is if um sometimes when i'm doing a, a mastopexy sometimes because you can control the position of the nipple so you're not as dependent on the implant having more gel in the lower part of the breast right um uh, so sometimes i'll use around in that situation as well and the only other time is if someone is adamant they don't want a textured implant so the the teardrop or the anatomical implants only come and this one you can see it's a little bit furry right. on the outside. It's not smooth. Why do people not want that? Um, and so there's a theoretical minus of having a textured implant that is not necessarily proven. Gotcha. Um, but a, a round implant is the only implant that will come with a purely smooth outside of it. Oh, okay. And so if they're like, I definitely don't want any texturing because they've read reports and things yeah, like that okay. as well, then – they can't have a okay a teardrop implant. That makes sense. Mm. Um, can you explain what animation is and if that impacts whether mm. people get it above or below? Uh, I've recently actually just had a patient where I've had to make a changeover. So animation, as Kim just sort of demonstrated, so you've got the muscle sits over here like this. So when your pectoralis muscle contracts, it sort of squeezes down on the implant. <clears throat> so you get some movement of the implant. Most people don't notice it, mm. uh, it, you know, and even if you get them to flex their pectoralis muscle, they still don't really notice it. Um, but for, I, I've I actually only had, I think, one patient who it's been a problem for, uh, and it was just a bit uncomfortable for her and there was enough movement that it bothered her. So in her case, I did, I, I took the implant out, closed off the old pocket um, and then made a new pocket, stitched the muscle back down to close that space off and then made a new pocket on top of that so it was then subglandular. Um, and then I also changed that to a round implant because the other reason, if using an anatomic implant generally, um, certainly for me, I would always do that in a dual plane because it, the muscle helps hold the implant, stop it from rotating. So animation will happen primarily if it's above under, muscle. Under oh, muscle. Only under. Only under. Oh, okay. And I feel like it's something that we used to hear about and see a lot longer ago. Like I just yeah. you just don't see it. And I always see my breast augmentation patients at four months post op. And what I actually do is get them to put their hands on their hips and squeeze and yeah. to show them what happens, like, and I kind of do it like, because what happens, the muscle is potentially doing that on the implant. Right. And I show them on their own bodies and say, go home, look in the mirror, look a couple of times, this is normal. Mm -hmm. It sort of just squishes it down a tiny bit in the cleavage. Yeah. And most of them, as Rich as you don't really notice it. But I say, this, this is what it looks like, because I don't want you to look at, you know, suddenly catch yourself at the gym or at home in the shower, in the mirror, and be like, holy, what's that? Yeah, right. So I show them that's normal and it's called animation, but it's not really. But in the past, they used to talk about 
like you could see implants yeah. and they like mo- and I think maybe uh, they were they disconnecting the muscle a lot more no, or no. I, I, the, I think I think we're we're disconnecting so when you do uh, a dual plane so they so not disconnected <clears throat> people didn't used to create a, uh, um, separate the breast tissue off the uh, muscle yeah Whereas now we do te- separate that off a little bit more. So the muscle tends to ride up a little bit mm-hmm. and you want it sitting sort of just above what I was talking about before, which is that A point. So it's a little, there's not as much um, implant under the muscle these days. So I think probably 20 years not ago, squeezing it, isn't it? <clears throat> it used to be all over it. Mm-hmm. And so when the muscle contracts, it's pushing on the whole thing. Right. Whereas now the muscle would tend to be sitting more like that. And, and so there's less impact on it. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> what lifestyle factors do you need to take into consideration? I mean, like, there's like the extreme of bodybuilders, body yeah. I think. But is I there think, anything else? I think they're probably the only patients that come in with an absolutely firm idea in their mind that right. they do not want their implants under their muscle. And um, uh, I think I've had one or two over time. And – it's super weird because when they shred and they drop their mm. body fat so much for their competitions and you can you can Google and look at any photos of bodybuilding competitions and you can clearly go implant, no implant, implant, no implant yeah, right. because you can literally see it's like they've got this stuff. Like you can oh, l- yeah. see every little thing. bit of that because they, because they want the muscle – definition they don't want their implants under their muscle but even I think I've had women that do not that serious bodybuilding but still gym and train and they're they're totally fine to have implants under their muscle I just recently had a someone who does a lot of pole dancing Mm -hmm. and I I recommended over the muscle because she was worried about that yeah okay um I think that was a good decision in her um but yeah the problem the problem with the um, bodybuilders is they've actually got no soft tissue as well. Mm, yeah. So and they shri- and they <clears throat> up and down though. Like yeah, right. Most of the year they're building bulk yeah. and then they're slim, but they're not like that uber uber. Like, yeah, you know, five percent body fat they get down to for competitions where, and they, as soon as they put that little bit back on again, they look much more natural. Yeah, right. But In that, more that, ways that, than one. That mm. that's one side of the coin. So the impact of the muscle on the uh, implant but uh, – sorry, the implant on the muscle. But uh, the other aspect of it um, is with in terms of exercise and being under the muscle is whether that activity is, is not going to sort of um, give you the animation but uh, whether it's actually going to move the implant. Um, and some people worry. I mean, Kim – I agree with Kim. Like a lot of patients obviously get back into doing – most of the patients having breast implants are, are pretty active and doing a lot of sport and gym and everything. And I, it, it would be impossible to conduct a study <laughs> to prove that it has um, any impact on the implant pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, so people talk about, oh, you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that. It's all sort of just gut feel and mm. stuff. Like no one, there's no way of showing that it could have an impact on the implant because you, you'd have to have a, you know, a group of yeah. young hundred plus, and mm. yeah, you do push ups with your implants, you don't, or yeah, yeah. right. Or you only do so push up on your right arm, yeah, not on your left arm, <laughs> right. 
That would be the only way. I, I have I say after their six weeks, no restrictions whatsoever. Yeah. Like if it feels weird and and yeah, I'm sure like having an implant under your pec muscle, mm. if you are first going back to gym, a lot of activities are gonna feel quite weird. But yeah. you kind of it's like with yeah, any surgery, they get used to that kind yeah. of thing. I think the only other thing is that if someone definitely wanted a smooth implant, mm-hmm. um putting that under the muscle and doing a lot of activity because there's nothing mm. that's sort of holding it in place because oh. the texturing that we were talking about that acts a little bit like Velcro, yeah. um, whereas a smooth implant, it's just it's shiny and smooth. And so every wow. time that muscle is pushing on that implant, it's potentially pushing it down and out. Um, mm. And again, I, I, you just don't see that that much. I think because we know and we, people, Act surgeons are less inclined to put implants in that position, yeah, right. that type of implant there. Gotcha. And what if, so if a patient, say, had like a wide chest bone and they wanted more cleavage, is mm. that something that that placement would impact or is that just not something that you can necessarily change? That That's when I would use a medial dual plane. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you try and get a, as wide an implant as you can get, number one. Yeah. And then sometimes doing some fat grafting along the cleavage right. lines. But well. it doesn't matter whether it's over mm-hmm. or under? Probably I think it's more getting the correct size implant that's right. going to fit on that patient's body is probably more critical than exactly where you play. Like, yeah, you want to place an implant in the right place as well. But if someone's got a very wide cleavage mm-hmm. and nipples that sit reasonably wide and a wide chest, then not – it's very hard to give them a tight cleavage without the nipples looking wide. Yeah. So, you know, some factors are – patient body driven that you just can't you can improve but you can't yeah. fix the problem but also choosing an implant that's higher profile yeah um and i think an anatomic implant helps uh more with getting a good cleavage than than what you can get with a round that's all my questions folks Thanks that's on. it nice. did we pass yeah If you liked this episode of Keeping It Real, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, why don't you have a flick through our past episodes? We'd love to hear your requests for future topics, so send your suggestions through to us on IG at Replastic Surgery. That's all for today, and we'll catch you next time for another peek into the world of plastic surgery.